how about that cigar? Oh, how about that cigar? Thought your mic was turned off for a second. I, yeah. Guys, welcome to episode 129 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube. And for those of you listening on the audio podcast, thanks again so much for listening to us while you drive down the road, work out whatever it is you do when you listen to your favorite audio podcast. Thank you so much for making How About That Cigar a part of it. We're grateful to be on live with you tonight. We have a great guest, as always, on the show. Um, and as always, we are here in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios, and let's talk again about the beautiful new size of the Drew Estate Leather Rose. The spiciest of the Deadwood Ladies, Leather Rose features a rich Maduro wrapper around an aromatic and exotic blend of dark aged air cured tobaccos that offer an enchanting bold and sweet profile with notes of cedar, oak, white pepper and earth that will leave you longing for more. The new 4x43 Deadwood Leather Rose Petite Corona will be presented in 24-count boxes with an MSRP of $6.95 per cigar. For more info on all of that, please visit DrewEstate.com. So episode 129, we're into October. Mm-hmm. We had a week off last week to uh, uh, pay tribute to our buddy Tim. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of those you know, times it's like, okay, we're excited to see friends. We're not exactly excited for the circumstances, why we're there, but it was, it was nice to, uh, you know, see, see some friendly faces and to, uh, you know, pay tribute to our buddy. Uh, and so we'll, you know, it was a, it was a good tribute. It was an amazing tribute and a show of how the cigar community can rally around yeah a family and a community to support each other and uh it was incredible um and i learned i am not a professional <laughs> retrohaler garrett needs lessons on retrohaling because garrett garrett had a problem he he went to he went to retrohale a cigar we're in uh we're in a truck he went to retrohale a cigar okay so let and me, it let me went just say, it, it went bad for garrett i have a sensitive so i rarely retro Okay, typically, if I'm going to retro, they're light <laughs> cigars. Um, and, um, you know, as we're passing around this very special cigar, everybody's like, oh, the retro is killer on this. It's amazing. So it's like, all right, here, we, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I and I go to retro. <laughs> I start hacking like nobody's business. <laughs> Before you know it, I'm out the window dry heaving, and from dry heaving, it goes into... Well, because we started... All of us in the truck started <laughs> egging him on, started make, started making noises, going, hey, Garrett, you feel okay? And it just took him over the edge. It was too late. It was all over the side of the truck. It was... Uh, yeah, good it times. Was it was so... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and we know that Tim was there laughing He his was. Ass off. Tim was there laughing his ass off the whole time, and it was guaranteed. Um, so... Our both our football teams had ugly, horrible wins yesterday. They did. Um, they got it done. They got it done. Uh, NHL season starts tomorrow, so if you're hockey fans, uh, which we are, being in Minnesota, NHL season starts tomorrow. Uh, the Wild uh, open the season on Friday, uh, so you know if you're into hockey, now is the time because. Uh, the uh, you know pucks are dropping all over the place. Preseason has been gross. Uh, that's all I can say. Preseason's been terrible. 
but it's preseason. So. I know the dojo guys are really into hockey. They're really the dojo guys are really into hockey. Any, yeah, we should try and we should do a hockey show. Yeah, let's talk to them. Let's yeah. see, see if they want to do a hockey show. That'd be a and good if time. If you guys want to see a hockey show, let us know. We'll, yeah, you know, yeah, because it's about you. It is about you, um, and because it's about you. Oh, we have as always an awesome guest on the show tonight. We are going to learn a lot from this guest, mm-hmm. and we're very excited uh, to have him on. And as you guys know. On how about that cigar live? Special guests of the show are always brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun grown tobacco. As a proud American, President and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Mr. Jeff Borshowitz, believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. And I'm very glad I made through that ad read without belching because it's just like right Is there. It right there. All right, guys, episode 129. Let's welcome, please, to the show from JRE Tobacco Company and Aladino Cigars, Justo Eroa. Welcome to How About That Cigar. Well, thank you so much, guys, especially Matt and Garrett. And you guys, uh, it's been it's, it's, it's a delight to be here tonight. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me here. And Absolutely. Let's have some fun. Yeah, let's do it. And we fun. have we have a special additional guest to How About That Cigar. And I'm going to bring him on to the studio now. Trey Mack. Oh, there you go. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm you doing great. He's got the professional mic and everything, you know. You know <laughs> he does. I'm here, you know. I do a lot of this. <laughs> so, uh, and and Trey, uh, give us the quick scoop. So, uh, w- first of all, where what are you broadcasting? You you do what would you What would you say <laughs> you do here? Uh, I'm a I'm a rep for JRE Tobacco. I'm the the one in house rep that we've got. So I. Travel, 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 and, you know, bring brand awareness to uh, what I think is the best brand out there going. I mean, met Husto a long time ago, always told him I wanted to be a part of this family and really get this product rolling, and we finally got it done. So I'm the guy out there hustling. Nice. Fantastic. Every brand needs that guy. So. And I cut off Matt. Sorry, where where are you broadcasting from? This is my studio in my apartment in Kentucky. (laughs) Awesome. Very cool. Nice. And Husto, where where are you broadcasting from this evening? Uh, here, my uh, my I got a little uh, office in in, uh, in my house, so that's that's why I'm not lighting up a cigar now. So that's why. No worries. Yeah, we we we'll smoke for you guys. Uh, I fired up the Aladino Vintage Selection. Uh, it's actually my first time trying the Vintage Selection. I'm loving it right now. Uh, Garrett's got the original, uh, the original Aladino. Corojo. So- so not okay good (laughs) (laughs) good in just the right amount of bad it's bad but good. (laughs) so one of the things that we love finding out about um because us being cigar kind of nerds 
we love to learn about a lot of the processes and the and the the stuff that a lot of our cigar consumers don't necessarily get to see and hear, but it's such an integral part of the process. And Husto, you actually have a background as as an agronomist. You as an agronomist, you spent so much time around tobacco plants, time in the fields, time with the seeds, and there's that is such a, a key part. I mean, it's really where everything starts um, if you think about it. So, um, talk a little bit about how your journey started and then led you to where you are. Well, uh, my dad and I have always been kind of like the farm guys, always like the, always like the fields. We're always uh, working in tobacco. Uh, and during the early days, uh, since the beginning, my dad was able to arrive in Honduras and actually become, uh, one of the, uh, pioneers in, in developing the, the tobacco, the tobacco uh, industry in Honduras. Uh, it was Honduras after the Cuban embargo was probably one of the first uh, countries to open up uh, Honduras like Nicaragua and, and, and Dominican Republic, but Honduras probably became the leader in, in establishing uh, Cuban, um, Cuban tobacco options as for raw materials to get tobacco into Tampa. Tampa used to be the capital of cigar manufacturing. And when the Cuban embargo came into place in 62, uh, everybody ran out looking for cigars, I mean, for, uh, raw materials to make cigars. And Honduras became one of the hottest spots, just like Nicaragua and Dominican Republic. At the same time, uh, the northern part of Florida, Quincy, was also a big tobacco grower. Uh, they grew a lot of uh, uh, tobacco for Candela. And, uh, and that's how my dad ended up in, in Honduras, was one of the experiments that leave a tobacco family took him down there to sort some of the tobacco that was already been planted in Honduras in 62 or 61. And after that, the rest is history. He's, he's, he basically uh, established himself in, in the Valley of Hamasran and, and, and actually developed the, the basically the, the, one of the largest industries during the boom, the first boom of cigars. Honduras was the largest manufacturer of cigar and, and most tobacco growing country in the world. Now we've fallen behind to third place, but we're still very important in the industry and we're, we're uh, uh, continue to fastly continue to grow in that area once again. Yeah. And if you could take us back to maybe it was a, a period of time, or maybe it was a moment where you saw your father and you saw the passion that he was putting into tobacco. Do you remember that time where you looked and you were like, that's what I want to do. This is, this is it for me. Well, it, it, it always has been for me. Uh, the thing is that my dad and I had very similar personalities. So for a while, we went our separate ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, back in, uh, I would say, five, six years ago, we started talking. And one of the things that is important, you know, there's, you know, I, I grew up in, in the Hammerstrand Valley and, and, you know, and then I went to boarding school. But, you know, I have a lot of friends and family uh, that, you know, work with us. And it's, it's part of something that you, once you learn how to, how to, how to live and, you know, in the farm, you fall in love with, with, with the farm life and the farm culture and the, and the people around you. And, and it's a tradition that needs to go on. And it's important for us to continue to uh, pass, pass the torch. And I guess that's one of the things that kind of with my dad, we looked at 
about passing the torch and, and, and continuing the tradition of what we, you know, we've been known for in, in the industry for a while. So one of the things that um, I've always wondered about from a farming standpoint, and this, this is going kind of deep, you know, cigar nerd here, but I, I, it's something I'm really curious about when it comes to the growing of the tobacco in the fields, uh, there's always different challenges that come up. You know, uh, it could be weather, it could be mold, it could be pests. If, if you had to choose, which is the toughest of those three problems to contend with? Is it weather, is it mold, or is it pests? I got, you know, honestly, I, I think one of the biggest issues that you need to control is the humidity, which has to be the weather. Uh, I mean, for example, last year with the, with the hurricanes coming in late, uh, you know, we had uh, in the greenhouses close to a little bit over 100 acres of Corojo. We weren't, and we were not able to grow Corojo last year. Uh, we still have a lot of inventory, so we're good. But what happened was, you know, we usually keep the seedlings in, in, in the greenhouse around 40 to 45 days. And we were already at 60 or 70 days, and we couldn't do out anything, nothing out of the fields because it was just too much moisture. And then also, if you have too much moisture, the other thing they have is, you know, you get mold, you know, you can't work, you can't clean it, you know, you get a lot of weeds. So I would say probably if you control humidity and the amount of humidity that goes into the ground, you can control blue mold, you can control a lot of the of, 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 of any, any pests or anything. So I would say humidity is very important. And if you look, for example, today, what happens today in a, in a lot of the places in the desert, Wherever it is dry and put hydroponics or drip irrigation, you can actually grow any crop uh, as long as you give it water and nutrients. So, you know, soil is, is just, uh, is, you know, you can actually grow tobacco hydroponically. Uh, yeah. you know, but, it's, but what I'm explaining to you for me is, is the excess of water. That's one of the most important things you need to control while you're harvesting or you're growing it too. And so to bring Trey into this conversation, um, Trey, tell us a little bit about your origin with uh, Aladino and what you saw in the company that made you want to be a part of that family. So I guess for me, this this goes back to that first year Aladino launched. Uh, Husto walked into the store I was running, and uh, that was first time meeting him. And I'm of the age that kind of missed out on the big Camacho days. You know, I, I, everybody was talking about it when I was first getting into the cigars, but, and, you know, with the, the brand change with uh, Davidoff buying them, I'd heard stories about the old Camacho, but I didn't really get to experience it necessarily. And Husto walks into the store one day, uh, didn't know he was coming, and I'm sure glad he came in because gave me a few cigars, told me to go, you know, sit down and give it a try. I don't know anything about it. I want to try it out. I'd never had authentic Corojo, and it was a game changer. Uh, within the first third of that cigar, I looked at him and was like, I want to buy everything you got. Whatever you got, I'm buying it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. I had just never – and I'm a, a fairly heavy guy. Like, I like bolder flavors. What I really liked about that Corojo was that it was it was bold in flavor, but it wasn't necessarily a, a knock-you-in-the-face sort of uh, uh, stuff that I was kind of used to, like a big La Florida Dominicana guy. I like a lot of that stuff, but – the stuff Husto brought to me was full in flavor, but I retrohaled everything. And I was like, this is like the cleanest, smoothest smoke I've ever had. I was all in. That started everything. And 
from then on, like our, our store took off with Aladino super fast. And then we kind of built a really good relationship from there. Awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's actually a great segue kind of into this next question. Um, because the, just the word Corojo is one of those words in the, in the cigar industry that can have a number of different meanings in some cases. So Justo, I want you to give us a quick rundown on the differences between, you know, uh, across the world, you know, from different tobacco growing regions in, in, in different countries. Give us a rundown on the differences as you see them between Corojo varietals that are commonly seen today. And in your opinion, what sets yours apart from the rest? What's the big difference maker? Well, you know, the, the Corojo seed that we have, it was given to us by the Rodriguez family from Cuba in the 90s. And we actually, it's actually, it's one of those varieties that his family started to pre-selecting and selecting and uh, went through a process of selection and they kind of purified that variety for them to use. And it's a variety, it's not a, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a crossbreed. Uh, uh, so uh, one of the characteristics is, first of all, it's very low yielding and at the same time is very, very susceptible to mold. And a, a lot of people in the industry, when Camacho came out and everybody got school, was going for the, you know, that strong, strong taste and powerful and, you know, the diploma and everything like that, everybody started doing that, but also blue mold started to appear. And then also Cuba had to find a, an alternative to be able to continue with that Corojo. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was one time that I think uh, my brother Christian tried to uh, go in and, and, and uh, register Corojo because we actually became the guys that promoted the Corojo uh, smoking of the Corojo branding of cigars. And, you know, they denied it because it was basically uh, a region where we were talking about the Corojo leaf. So basically that's what happened. And then they started crossbreeding Habanos and making, you know, the Corojos uh, 2000 and, and the different varieties, which actually are great tobacco, but it doesn't have that characteristic that Corojo does with that natural uh, pepper and mint sweetness that it has, that bright, that, that saltiness that you get when you smoke it on on the wrapper, and 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 like I said, that also that new uh, that new uh, variety also allows you to get much more yield, and it was also uh, bred to be able to tolerate more of the blue mold. So uh, those are the major differences that you see, and you know there's there's you know the industry. Today, uh, Corojo plays a very important part in the marketing of what people like to consume and is part of some of the traits that people are looking for in cigars. Okay. So this is, uh, it took me forever when I was sitting down doing show notes to put, to word this question. So I'm hoping the, the wording of the question makes sense because I, I know what I'm trying to get across. I'm just not sure if I'm going to ask this question the right way, but We've, we've been fortunate to have a lot of guests on this show, uh, yourself included, who have a, just a wide range of tobacco knowledge. And we've heard from a lot of them that they have seen it as a challenge when taking on a tobacco varietal that's maybe typically known for being grown in a specific country or a specific region. Um, and then growing a quality crop of that type of leaf 
maybe in a trying to grow it in a region that it's not typically been grown in in the past and making sure that it grows well that it harvests well that it cures well that it ferments well that it ages well um and and still maintains those characteristics that smokers have come to know from that particular type of leaf do you have any examples of that that where you've tried to grow something in a different place and what did those challenges look like to get there i'll give you a perfect example I mean, uh, they're within our portfolio. Uh, I mean, we could definitely grow Connecticut, but you know, in Ecuador, you get a, a, a much, it's, it's, it's less challenging to grow uh, Connecticut in, in, in Ecuador. They have a microclimate that really favors a beautiful tobacco, very, very shiny, very pretty, uh, you know, yields a lot. In our case, you know, we have to use shade over there. They don't probably not have to use 100% shade and uh and it's and it's very 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 successful uh at the same time you know we have tried also doing a little bit of uh, uh the san andreas and you know it, it's very susceptible to black shank in our area so you know we just buy uh our san andreas tobacco that we use at our maduro wrappers uh but you know there are some that we really have become experts on uh you know like we do our habano we also do our our Corojo, and now we're doing our cameroon and those are varieties that, you know, we have felt that growing it in the Hammerstrand Valley, especially in our farm, that we're getting all the characteristics that really uh, perform or you are, are, are actually known for that, for, for those particular uh, uh, varieties. And we're, we're super happy and satisfied to be able to be very successful with, with these. So, you yeah. know, I don't know if that answers the question. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it, it's it's just such an interesting thing that we love learning about um, when we taste different tobaccos and different cigars is, um, you know, because like you, you mentioned even a little bit earlier that that the soil is is so important, you know, that you like you said, you could grow tobacco hydroponically, but this, there's a factor that comes into it when in the soil that you can't get from you know, growing it hydroponically. Would you say that's right? Absolutely. And not only that, also is, is extremely important that not only the, the soil, but you also require a lot of uh, heat and humidity. You know, if you don't have enough humidity when you have it in the tobacco barn, it's not gonna, it's not gonna lose the chlorophyll correctly. You might have some parts that will be green and you need the tobacco and, uh, to, to mature and also uh, to ripe. A tobacco leaf is just like a fruit. You require that tobacco leaf to go through a process of being mature and ripe. So that way, when you when you harvest it and, and then you put it in the tobacco barn, it dries properly. It turns nice and brown, and it goes through a process of, of, of curing that will allow it to 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 be able to uh, smoke correctly and also get that natural sweetness. If you har if you harvest it too young. It's, it's going to be green. If it's green, it's going to be a little bit more bitter. And sometimes people confuse bitterness with strength, and strength and strength has nothing to do with bitterness. Yeah. This I got to throw this comment up on screen. So I'm I don't know if you Sal, Salvatore says he met you back in the '80s when he lived in Honduras. He's one of our YouTube viewers right now. So oh, there you go. He's a good friend of mine. Salvador. I had to throw that up on screen. Um, one of the other things I was curious about, um, because I. 
I want to go through because uh, we have them all lined up here. I want to go through all the, um, you know, the different uh, varieties of the Aladino line of cigars. Uh, but I also, before we get into those, and I want to have both Trey and, and Husto speak to this, but I also wanted to ask about, because um, there are some lines that um, I've experienced in the past. I've smoked them and really enjoyed them, uh, but they don't get talked about as much, and that's the Rancho Luna and the and the Tadascan line. So are are those uh, are those still available? And, um, you know, if so, how are how are those performing in the market? You want to go, Trey Mac, or, or, or uh, you, you should probably take the Rancho Luna question. That should be you. No, no, no. Uh, actually, Aladino is 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 basically the the brand that is really taking is taking over, uh, okay. and uh, and and it's it's it's, it's a more uh, regular regular Cubanistic cigar, and it's it's, it's really where where we're now we're focusing on the efforts. Uh, our second and very powerful brand is also Tadascan. It's like we have Camacho, we have Baccarat. It's, we know we're the creators of Baccarat, the sweet tip cigar. And that's very similar, a little bit smoother and creamier than, than what we blended before. And then Rancho Luna is, 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 is a younger brand that we, I kind of wanted it to go towards younger individuals. And, you know, I, I got to work on maybe the rebranding and stuff like that. It does well. People love the cigar. But it has it has a little bit of uh, it hasn't been able to be picked up as easy or brand recognition as the Aladino and 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 and, and the Tadascan. So we're still working on what we need to do with that. So uh, you know we're, we're, we're you know it's, it's it's a struggle. Sometimes two out of three is not bad, but you know it's, it's it's something that it requires a little bit more work. But once we get it going in stores, it becomes one of the crowd favorites, and I think you could actually speak to that, Trey. Yeah, I've got. I've got a handful of stores where that's the number one skew from us. As soon as they smoke the Rancho Luna, especially the Maduro, man, it's it's gangbusters from there on out. So it's one of those things that you just have to get it into the store and into people's hands. But they everybody thinks of Aladino when they think of us. They want the Aladino. I'm like, well, just try the Rancho Luna. Just give it a shot. And as soon as that happens, it usually works out pretty well. Nice. Oh, and I have to give I have to give a shout out to our our friend uh, uh, Vince from uh, Sun Cigar. He's actually who I picked up my uh, lovely selection of Aladino cigars from. So Vince, shout out to you, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you um, so much Vince, for carrying us. Um, so I want to I want to just kind of go through I want to go through the line here, and I'm going to start with uh, selfishly. I'm going to start with you know the one that that I'm just such a huge fan of, uh, and that's the Aladino Cameroon. We, we talked about it a little bit ago, but this, this cigar, um, I'll, I'll say it. It's as much as I enjoy all the cigars in the line. This is my favorite. I love the Aladino Cameroon, especially the Lonsdale size. Um, but it's, uh, it, I love, love that blends just all together. Absolutely love it. Then we've got the Maduro, which is actually the only, correct me if I'm wrong. The Maduro is the only soft box press in the line. Is that right? Yes, uh, we have in the Maduro line, we have the Corona uh, box pressed. We have a Lancero, non box pressed, a Casador, a Robusto, and a Toro. Okay. And was, was there a reason? Because I always, I'm always curious, because you, you could do either. You could do a, a Parejo or you could do a Prensado. Is there a reason why the Maduro was better in the box press? 
Well, you know, a lot of people are very used to the Maduro box press to look more elegant and stuff like that. So when you look at the majority of, of the Maduros that are out there, they, you know, a lot of them are, are box press. So I just wanted to have, because most of my, 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 my ones are cylindrical and I just wanted to have something a little bit different. And, you yeah. know, and, and now we also came out with a Corojo Reserva Figurado box press though. So it's, you know, so, you know, throwing a little bit of, you know, a curb there. So for people that, that like box press. Have you, <clears throat> have you ever heard of uh, a thing? It's called a Lancero. You just said Lancero. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett, Garrett is a, I could say this. Garrett is a, a, a Lancero whore. That's my kind of guy right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. believe me, I've been, I've been, I've been hanging around with a lot of those lately. They're, you know, Lancero's coming back. It is coming back. Yeah. And I'm, and and Trey and I, I'm sure that we're, we're going to get together offline and, and talk oh, shop yeah. and some other stuff for sure. But the days of saying Lanceros don't sell uh, to retailers, those days are gone. Yep. I am a hundred percent on board with. Hey, here's a notion. If you tell a retailer that Lanceros don't sell, then they won't sell. I know. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> That's crazy, right? Yeah. Right. Well, we we have a phenomenal price point for Lanceros too. We're probably the best price Lanceros. Oh yeah. Oh, fantastic. And uh, you know, it's, it's that's one of the reasons I wanted to price that price it out that way. So it's it's to encourage smokers to try it. I mean, the amount of flavor and, and complexity you'll get from the wrapper is just it's just it's just phenomenal. So you know, that's no, probably one of the biggest uh, challenges that I I wanted to bring out there to the guys that smoke cigars really give it a shot at the land service a wonderful wonderful gauge and it really also shows off the capability of a manufacturer to you know to be a uh, uh to be one of the you know to be a good manufacturer because it requires a lot of skills and and, and it shows off the talent that the, that the rollers and the bunchers have yeah uh real quick before we move on um justo when you are developing a new blend what Vitola do you like to blend in? Because it, it differs um, from manufacturer to manufacturer. What what's your what's your blending Vitola? Well, the way actually, what, what my dad and I learned that from him. You know, Robusto today and Toro are the are the most sold sizes. So your baseline has to be, you know, your core line. You know, it's like if, if, even if you were to manufacture a car. I mean, if if if, if you know, if your biggest selling car is a midsize car, then you know, use the, you use the chassis of a midsize vehicle, and then you start adding wider wheels and different fronts and different tail ends. But the Robusto is probably uh, the size that we use as kind of a benchmark, and then from there you start using, uh, you know, less leaves and, and the different wrappers will play a role. But you know, Robusto and Toro today. I would say are you know 70% of all sales or 80% of all sales. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've got the Aladino Connecticut. So for those of you out there in, that enjoy Connecticut shade, um, this one I have yet to try. So I'm going to smoke this one probably tomorrow morning with my coffee. But uh, uh, and then we have Garrett smoking the the original. You know, the Crow. You don't mind the wrapper. That's 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 a uh, that's a medium body full flavor cigar. Hundred percent. The you guys the the amount of complexity in this cigar is fantastic. Um, I unfortunately 
only have sweet drinks here. And so I've stopped drinking because I don't want to mask the natural sweetness that I'm getting from the cigar. I don't want to mask any of the other, um, just there's so many unique flavors that are coming out of this. I'm having a ball right now in my face. <laughs> and uh, you guys should also uh, join that party. Uh, then the Corojo Reserva, which I am probably, I'll probably smoke this later tonight, to be honest, after the, after the show's over. And then right now I'm first time with the Vintage Selection uh, and I will definitely be getting more of these because it's beautiful. Very similar to what Garrett said. It's, it is extremely full flavored. There's a lot of body to it. There's not really, there's, there's, it, there, it, it's very low on the spice right. factor. It's very low on the strength factor, yep. but it is very, very high on the flavor factor. Yes. Uh, the retrohale is like butter on this cigar, on this, this uh, vintage selection. The retrohale just smooth as could be. I'm not going to, I'm not going to Garrett, Garrett's not going to retrohale. We don't want that. another episode. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Trey, could you take us through the MSRP of our lineup here? What, what are we looking at? You know, ballparkish. Yeah. For, for smokers, for, for smokers, when they go looking at their, their brick and mortar shops, what are they going to be expecting for price points? De well, obviously depending on taxes. Well, let's, let's start with the, the vintage you got there. We got winter coming on, and one of my favorite cigars is the Rothschild in that vintage, six dollar MSRP. Yeah, I know, I know. Sit back, it's crazy. Yeah. And for a short smoke, you know, when it's cold, for you know, if yeah. you're going to be smoking outside for a short smoke, yeah, you know, that's Rothschild forty eight by four and a half. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect for that time of year. That's been so. Yeah, and then a, a lot of our new products, like take the uh, the Connecticut. Uh, and the Cameroon, and when you're getting into a Toro, you're looking at 880 MSRP. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with that. Um, the Super Toro on the Cameroon is a little bit more expensive, but it's still under $10. I mean, 980. I mean, it's the great price point. The Lanceros, all under $10. You can't say that very often, and you're not going to have yeah. any issues with our Lanceros. It's it's amazing. So now the Reserva is a little different. I mean, that's that's our pride and joy. That's our baby. Right. So. Yep. You're looking at twelve fifty for a robusto, fourteen fifty for a toro, um, and then sixteen dollars uh, on the uh, the box press torpedo that came out at PCA. So, but like you said, those are special. You yeah. know, those are special cigars, and and there's we always talk about having our viewers and listeners, having consumers really stop and take a minute when they're in their humidor at their brick and mortar shop, and they see the prices. Stop and take a minute to think about everything that goes into that product. And, you know, there are, are there products in, are, are there some products in humidors that I think are priced higher than they should be? Probably. But we have to, I just, we always encourage everybody to stop and take a second and think about all the people that worked to make that product, all the work that went into it. Um, just to get it to us as consumers and if we really take a minute to think about it then it's really it's really not that it, no. it's 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 well worth it it's it's underpriced if anything i mean yeah 100 percent. if you've if anybody's been once you go and see the fields and see the work it's it, it's mind-blowing you can't really grasp it until you've seen it mm -hmm. it's a lot of work 
Now, Trey, since you've been on the team, what are some of the things that you've learned in the tools that you've put in your toolbox since joining uh, the JRE team? You know what? Honestly, for me, the, the thing that I had to learn the fastest was the world of cigars is not the way it was in Kansas. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just assumed, you know, and then you hit the road and you're like, well, this city's a little bit different or even parts of different cities. They're the flavors, the what people go for. It's so different. And you have to kind of be like, well, we've got a big toolbox, JRE. We got a lot of different things going for us. So what's going to fit this location? What are these people? Because you got to get them in first. And then yeah. from there, then they'll try the whole line. But being able to pinpoint like different flavors and different uh, even sizes. Take, for instance, uh, said the Lancero's coming back. Well, I can go into a store and if I see it kind of like a, a hipsterish kind of joint or a, a hipsterish area of the city, oh, the Lancero's are going to sell. We're going we're gonna to bring those in all day. <laughs> yep. Hipster. No, I'm joking. I love it. <laughs> So, uh, Husto, I got to ask this question, uh, and this this will kind of wrap up the main section, then we'll go into the next part of the show. But I, I have to ask, is there a particular type of wrapper leaf that you think could still someday earn a place in the Aladino family that you may be experimenting with or or may want to someday blend into the Aladino family? You know, uh, th those are one of the things, for example, uh, we have grown uh, successfully kind of like a broadleaf, uh, and that leaf is just humongous. I mean, that vein that goes in there, it's probably 35, 36 inches, but the vein that goes in there is just huge. And if you look today at most of the consumption of broadleaf, it goes into machine-made cigars or blunts and stuff like that. That's where most of it is. And, uh, and that's the major use. And one of the things that we were going over with my dad is, you know, I would love to do something just, you know, like a special release, maybe, maybe, you know, just a special, you know, 500, a thousand boxes for PCA, but it, it's just working that leave is so large and it's mm -hmm. so, so hard to work with. And the amount, excuse me, uh, the amount of uh, leftover that you get, is just, it's just, it's huge. Yeah. So, so you know, even though I want to, but it, it might be something that is just—it's just too much. You just you just too much throwaways. It's not efficient, you know. Like, yeah. You know, for example, when when we buy Connecticut or we use a uh, uh, Corolla wrapper, we might use thirteen—I mean, three to five pounds per per thousand cigars of wrapper. On the on, on on this, we might be using twelve, fourteen, or fifteen pounds. So it, it becomes very expensive when you use that unless you're already buy a cut or especially made for you to roll. So it's, it's those things because, you know, those, this is something I would like to do, but you know, I don't know if it's, it's feasible for us now or just people just buy it and they just buy the wrappers and, yeah. and I don't know how they purchase it. Yeah. Well, and that's understandable there. We've heard that from a lot of people that um, that seems to be a common theme that broadleaf is, it's very tricky. There's so many different aspects that make it, uh, a tricky leaf to grow, tricky leaf to cure, ferment, roll, everything. So yeah, that's understandable that that you gotta you gotta because you don't want to just say, um, let's just put a 
you know, broadleaf wrapper on a cigar and put it out there. You want it to be right. You're not just going to, you know, rush something to market unless, unless it's the right product. And unless you, and also on the back end, you've got to make sure, like you said, that you've got a place to send all that extra, you know, uh, you know, the, the center rib and the center vein and all that. And cause you can't use it in premium cigars, but maybe somebody else can use it, but you can't just have it laying around. Right. It's yeah. Kind of and, and what my dad explained to me when he was shown uh, back in his early days, he was traveling and selling to the big companies, uh, the Candela wrapper is that basically you put, you know, they, they have these huge warehouses that they would, you know, they would harvest the broadleaf and just putting in these uh, wooden crates. And they will stay there for three to four years, just aging. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a longer process. It's not done normally in pilonas because the leaf is just too big to be able to handle in a pilona. It's just, it's just yeah. massive. Yeah. Well, I think, you think is it? I think it's time. Is it time? It's time. It is now time for this week's Numero, Numero de, de los Muertos. Here you go, Mr. Primack. And as always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. De Los Muertos, episode 129. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? All right. So this week, the number is a 10-year average. Between 2008 and 2018, the number is 90 people died from this. No, I'm sorry. On average, every year. On 90, average. on every, every year, on average, 90 people died from this. 2008 to 2018. Yes. All right. As always, our guests on the show and me, we're going to play 20 questions and try to guess what Garrett's talking about. And our viewers, if you guys have guesses, put them in the comments. We're all going to play along. Um, all right. 2008 to 2018, mm -hmm. an average of 90. 90 people a year died from this. So, guys, we can start with yes or no questions. Location, uh, is it worldwide? US. US only. Is an animal involved? Such a great Excellent question. question. And it is not. No animals. Um, How about an insect? Animals are different than an insect. Nope. No, 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 uh, no insect. Um, are vehicles involved vehicles are not involved no vehicles it is not disease related not disease is it um uh is it water uh, is it on water or land uh irrelevant irrelevant okay mm. all right is is there a part of the body that's more susceptible? You could certainly say that. 
That's a very interesting That's question. That's a very good question. Well, uh, he's five years of medicine, so you should be able to get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too much. <laughs> Too much time in school. Yeah. Actually, they drained my my little sister that I have. Remember, you told me exactly yeah. what you told me. Yeah. It looks better. Yeah. It doesn't pop out. Hmm. Uh, it is not. Oh, Aaron says high wire electrocution. It is not. Not. Are they workplace accidents? They are not. They are not workplace accidents. Um, so stabbed, by, stabbed by your wife. <laughs> <laughs> they probably went up you know, right, right after you run COVID. Yeah, COVID. Yeah, it right. went up. Is it alcohol poisoning, it Mark is, says? It is not. But I will say that was the. That was the closest guess so far. Chad says priapism. I don't know what that is. Trey, what is that? I honestly don't know what priapism is. Oh, all right. Cool. Part of me wants to Google it, but part of me is scared to Google it, so I'm not right. going to Google it. Uh, I, <laughs> it's not, I don't think. But. Um, all right. So they're not workplace accidents. No, but remember, Mark's guess of alcohol poisoning is the closest Okay. Guess we've had so far. Hmm. Uh, it is not so. We're not. Uh, it is not snake fentanyl. Bites. Snake bites? No, we had snake bites as a guess. No, no animal related. Um, so is it drug related? Technically, yes, it is considered a drug. Hmm. Is it energy drinks? Getting closer. Vape. Oh, is it vape? It is not. It better not be butane. Justin <laughs> Lawler for the win. Oh, is it really? It is. As caffeine. I sit here drinking my coffee. Yeah, and I'm drinking caffeinated. Uh, oh. water myself. So, I don't think there's. Is there caffeine in rum? Otherwise, I'm yeah. good. I'm, yeah, I'm good. So uh, caffeine takes, uh, on average, 90 people a year, and uh, it's usually an overdose or an underlying heart condition or some other thing. But caffeine, it can do it, man. People Justin, can overdo it. Poke your head in here. This is, this is Justin Lawler. He was not only the correct guesser, he's also the newest member of the HBTC team. Love it. So. And no, he did. He was not fed the answer. He just came up with that on his own. Yep. So did he Google priapism? Because I'm pretty yeah, sure I know Google what it is. Yeah, Google priapism. It's do not it a good idea. Because I'm not doing it on mine. Don't do it on your computer. No. <laughs> do it incognito tab. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I, I dissected this part of the body at one point in time. Priapism is, uh, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. It, That's nope. what I thought. Nope. It. It's it has yeah. uh Chad, you are a bad man. Yeah, bad man. Just think Viagra. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying about that. So that was this week's I want to know why oh, wait, Chad knows more? that. Yeah, yeah, Chad, how do you know that? Yeah, tell us about your your yeah. condition. Tell us about your experience. <laughs> do you have a do you want to talk about it? <laughs> just open up, just talk yeah, about it. It's okay. It's no started as toenail fungus. There's no, no judgment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was this week's Numero de los Muertos.
All right. Okay, let's jump into uh, let's jump into the lightning round. Uh, Husto, let's start with you. If you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why? Probably Ronald Reagan. Oh, living person. Oh, living person. That's right. I'd love to hear Ronald Reagan's thoughts too, but Me it's got to be a living uh, person. A living person. Huh. You know what? I, I, I like General Kelly. He's a, he's, a, he's a retired Marine guy, so his thoughts of what's going on in the country yeah. and the world. Yeah, I dig that. I like that's a good answer. Uh, Trey, what about you? I think just because of what's going on right now as we speak, I would never have said this before, but I would love to know what's going on in John Gruden's head right about now. <laughs> that is such yeah. a good answer. I love that. John yeah. Gruden. I want to, I want to, because he's got so many facial expressions. I mean, yeah. really, he's only got two, but they're, they're variations. I want to see the thought bubble over his head. <laughs> or maybe we like, don't. Maybe we don't. Maybe we don't. Yeah. Right. But did you see that little th where he had Frank Caliendo come in? To, oh, yeah. Uh, to do him? Yeah. Like that. Did they win? Try or they lose? I don't, I don't, I don't watch the game. The, John Gruden. Uh, John Gruden. No, that's. Uh, are you talking about right now or are you talking about yesterday? Or yesterday or whatever. Uh, the Raiders, they, they finally lost. They yeah. did not win yesterday. Yeah. They lost to a bad team. Okay, yeah. that's how you were. That's, that's the question. <laughs> oh, Adam and Tampa Bay. Remember, my Tampa Bay Bucks fan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Tampa Bay is not a bad team. Nope. Um, all right. So, next question. Let's trail. Let's start with you first on this one. If you were about to get into a fight, what would your soundtrack music be? Oh, uh, well, the soundtrack to Roadhouse, probably. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Just be nice. Just yeah. Be nice. Just be nice. Yeah. Dalton. <laughs> Dalton for the win. <laughs> oh, I love it. I just re so I super quick side note. So you remember the villain in Roadhouse, the 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 fighter guy with the perfect hair and the oh, yeah. and yes. the feather yeah. around his neck. Yes. That dude was also in the movie Armageddon. What? He what? was one of the space shuttle pilots in Armageddon. <laughs> blew my mind no, I, that, the other day the other day i i was literally just like so bored and and just like i was so done with work and other work and other other work that i was like i need to just veg so i just went on a netflix and i was like armageddon it's a movie i don't have to think about at all i just put on armageddon and i was like that's the dude from roadhouse no way so i couldn't believe it i'm all totally right. gonna have to look that up now yeah so uh, Husto. Same question for for you. If you were about to get into a fight, what would your soundtrack music be? Man, I like Rocky, so I'll do the Eye of the Tiger if I'm gonna get, if you get pumped up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of the most popular answers. Absolutely. All right, so let's let's do this one. Actually, I want to do so. Husto, did you have when you were a kid or a teenager? Did you have a celebrity crush? Yes, I said Cindy Crawford. Yeah, that is a fantastic answer. That is a great answer. I still have a crush on her. She looks yeah. so <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Trey, what about you? Uh, my favorite female of all time, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I'm not Jennifer mad at Love that at all. Hewitt. Yeah. 
different generation different generation um, yeah it is so she's she was in a lot of bad movies but yeah she was oh was she in that there was that one horror movie um i think she was in it yeah yeah uh was she in, she wasn't in scream no it no. was um i know what you did last summer she was in that that's right that's yeah. absolutely i remember right. her i remember her she is quite lovely all right so <laughs> okay i'll i gotta ask this one so if you if you could add any person to mount rushmore it doesn't matter who they are or what they did they could be a president they could be anybody from any any part of the world who would you add to carve their face on mount rushmore trey go ahead wow that's a good one um i don't man i'm honestly i think i might have to go with jackie robinson I because love it. that's a great answer i love it great answer because what he did transcended everything yeah 100 so. percent. yeah that's the first time we've heard that answer it's a great answer that's a great answer love it Husto, what about you who's 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 the next person well, going now up now to use him because he actually did change the world the wall came down and everything is ronald reagan yeah i like it the gipper yeah, that yeah. guy actually did change the world. I mean, that you know, tore that you know, tore down the wall. A whole new world appeared after him. Diana says J Lo. J Lo. I don't know if I'd put J Lo on, or is that? Are we talking celebrity crush? Is that oh, celebrity okay. crush, or is that, or is, is that, that Mount Rushmore? Mount Rushmore. Funny enough, I had you know, a poster of J Lo next to my poster of Jennifer Love Hewitt next to my bed growing up. So. <laughs> Both both valid answers. It's a true story. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get into uh, this week's Notable Smokable. And as always on How About That Cigar Live, Notable Smokable is brought to us by our friends at Ace Prime Cigars. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. Uh, so, guys, each week, we, we each of us on the show, we name a cigar that we've smoked recently that was notable to us. It could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that we just smoked again for the first time in a while. Or it could be something brand new that we just tried for the first time. Uh, so, Trey, let's start with you. Is there something recently you smoked that really caught your interest? Yeah, the uh, La Aurora 107 Nicaragua. Mm. yes uh, i i think it gets overlooked a lot and i went back to it recently and i was like i love it just as much as when it just came out you know what is was that a year ago or so um but yeah yeah i i absolutely love that cigar it's something good that call. i get and i can smoke it all day long good call very nice so who's still obviously you're smoking jre stuff all the time but do you get a chance every once in a while to go outside of your brand and try stuff that's out there I actually did. I actually tried uh, my brother's 1118 Cameroon. Pretty nice. A little bit different. A little bit more spice to it than, okay. than, than ours. He likes to blend a little bit stronger. And, you know, I, so that's that's another brand I go out and branch out and smoke. Okay. Very cool. Nice. Uh, Garrett, what, what was your notable this week, Garrett? Well, we have just, I mean... To do what we do here in cigar media is an absolute blessing. And we have companies that send us stuff in and we are absolutely blessed and grateful for, for that. Uh, and we were honored to get some stuff in from Davidoff and got in the chef's blend. Oh, and yeah. 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 It's nice. 
hello butter <laughs> hello hello boldness and yeah. butter and um if if i if that davidoff bland, uh, band wasn't on there there's no way you would have told me that it was a davidoff yeah like it didn't say davidoff to me at all but it was all delicious yeah it was a good cigar absolutely um my notable this week was uh oh. the atabay uh in the sort of sort of the robusto size the they call it the brujos i believe um and it was it was a cigar we smoked at our buddy tim's memorial service mm -hmm. and uh it, it was the last one from a box that i was given uh as a gift and just seemed like the right time to to smoke that last one and again that's it, that blend is is just it's a really nice blend very very nice hey luciano our brother saying hello um so uh yeah that was my notable this week and <laughs> here he is in the comments saying hello hello luciano as always notable smokables are brought to us by our friends at ace prime there was the graphic there it is um so uh, we just want to thank them for sponsoring this segment as always. Um, but now real quick, I want to give our viewers and listeners of an idea, some stuff we have coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, we have some very cool shows coming up next week on Monday, the 18th. We have Dan Thompson from McAuliffe cigars. And then on the 25th of this month, we have Steve Saka from Dunbarton tobacco and trust. And then on the 1st of November, we actually have the first episode in a new series that we're going to start doing. Uh, and I'm going to have Garrett talk us through it uh, briefly. Uh, he, Garrett came up with this cool concept for a new series we're going to start doing. Uh, and it'll probably be a quarterly series. We'll maybe do one episode per quarter uh, on this new idea that Garrett had. Yeah, so I was talking with... Uh, I was recently introduced to this guy at, at work, a uh, 25 year old kid and uh, super smart. We had a lot of stuff in common and, and just chalking. And I said, have you ever had a premium cigar? And he says, no. And I said, well, before you leave today, I'll get you a cigar. But then I got to thinking about it. This guy has never had a cigar in his life and he's willing to, you know, to try cigars. And it's something that, you know, he was, cause he's done beer and other, you know, things and um, gets into the craft stuff. So, I was like, wait, what if you, would you be willing to come on the show and do a total one-on-one? And he was like, I have my own, you know, Twitch stream. I podcasted. So he's good on camera. He's good in front of people talking. He's well-spoken. He's like, fantastic. Why don't we have you on the show? We can meet at a reputable tobacconist in our area. We'll start in the shop. We'll start in the humidor look uh what to look for in the humidor what to look for in your tobacconist because not all humidors have good tobacconists um so to give part of that education and then walk them through the entire cut and light process and yep. how we start to develop palettes what we start to look for in flavors because that is all a process it takes a while and that's why we're going to repeat this process quarterly and and just follow his journey yeah and we're super excited for that so yeah, look forward to that on uh, November 1st. Yeah, so that's that's going to be fun to uh, take him through the process of picking out the first cigar, lighting it up, uh, experiencing that for the first time, and then you know a few months later, um, see what he's been smoking over the last couple months, what he's enjoying, bring him back into the humidor, pick out some some other new things, and 
um, you know, take them down the the road of, you know, maybe starting to uh, get into retro hailing, retro hailing a little bit, maybe some pairings, stuff like that. So it's there's some good possibilities. We're excited to, you know, go through the journey with a brand new cigar smoker and see where it leads. Absolutely. So you guys get to take that journey with us. Um, so guys, give our viewers and listeners, uh, before we close out the show, give our viewers and listeners, and listeners an idea. Where's the best place for them to keep up with everything going on with J- JRE and Aladino? You know, we have uh, Aladino Cigars and Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. And also our website is pretty, uh, is pretty good. It's got kind of all the locations. We're basically a brick-and-mortar uh, uh, company. We're, you know, we have not branched out into any of the big catalogs. Uh, so, uh, you know, look, look for your brick and mortars. Uh, we're, we're pretty strong in, uh, uh, Southeast, uh, you know, also the Northeast, uh, the Texas area, California, and now we're slowly expanding into the Midwest. Uh, but you know, we are basically, you know, you, you, Corona cigars is a big supporter of us. It's one of your sponsors. So you can also go into Corona cigars. So, you know, it's, and, and there's other stores, but you know, since they're your sponsors, uh, and um, and and they do a fantastic job. Uh, Trey Mac, anything you want to add? Yeah, uh, T Mac Aladino Cigars is uh, my Instagram. Uh, so I kind of wherever I'm going, I kind of post along the way. So that's a good way for people to know, at least in my 11 states, where to go for Aladino. Um, JREtobacco.com, of course, and uh, hashtag Aladino Cigars. Nice. Uh, does your website have a store locator on it? Yes, uh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah. Well, guys, we are so grateful that you spent time with us tonight. Our viewers and listeners learned a lot. We learned a lot, and we appreciate mm-hmm. your time. Uh, look forward to having you on again and learning, just continuing to learn and, uh, you know, go down this journey that we love so much in Premium Cigars. So thank you so much for being on tonight. You know, thank you, guys. Thank you both. Thank you, Trey Mack, for taking a little bit of time tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. This has been a blast. Appreciate it. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. So, hang out in the green room for just a second. Yeah. Hang out with us after after we do the outro. So, uh, viewers and listeners, guys, as always, we are so grateful for you for watching us live on Facebook and live on YouTube. Uh, for all the comments and questions, we love it. Keep them coming. Uh, if you guys have questions during the week for Garrett or myself, you can email us directly on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. Follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And of course, until we see you next time, burn cigars, not bridges. See you guys. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.